Welcome to the Retrospect Podcast, a show where people come together from different walks of life and discuss a topic from their generation's perspective. My name is Ian, and as always, I'm joined by Stoney Hello. and Jason. Hello, everyone. How's everyone's week so far? Crazy. Good. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy. Yeah, it was a great weekend. I actually got in my yard, cut the grass. Oh, yeah. We did. I got a bunch yes, of big weeds uh, around I here. A, I had to do a lot of yard work. So I saw this great picture this weekend of a guy. He his apparently it's a meme, and his wife said, "We need to talk when you're done cutting the grass." <laughs> and so he was laying down in the grass, cutting it with his scissors. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, funny. I, like, oh, I, I love a well manicured yard. Okay, I do. So our, our grass, we have. I think it's centipede. And it hasn't taken root yet. It hasn't really kind of taken off yet. And so I, I dethatched the backyard to try a new dethatcher out, and it worked great. And I'm going to do the front probably this weekend. But I think we need to put some seed down because it's not, it's not green yet. Mm. And I'm kind of disappointed in it. So we're going to have to get some of that bonus S stuff and yeah. spread it out and kill all the dandelions and the clovers oh, and gosh. everything else. Well, I've, I've – I normally put that out. That Scott's bonus S yes. every year, but I haven't done it yet. I, I, it just really hasn't been raining very much. No, so I'm trying to coordinate a day when I know it's going to rain, then put it out right mm-hmm. before. So well, it can if you really want to borrow water. the dethatcher, let me know because okay. I tell you what it it pulled up a lot of the dead stuff mm-hmm. and it helps aerate it and then you put the bonus s and the seed let down that come up and, and get it, it thick it, again yeah. and if you have a mulching blade on your mower or i can bring my mower over and mulch it it helps fertilize it yeah because i have centipede mm-hmm. i have centipede no, i do I like and i was very impressed with this dethatcher because you looked at it there was no nothing green in it it was it pulled up all the dead stuff hmm. so it was kind of interesting and we're going to do the front yard and um, I guess with the housing market the way it is, we've just decided to stay where we are for a little bit. Right. And so we're fixing up the things that we need to fix up. We got to do a little landscaping, got to redo some shutters. And um, and Manny's woodworking, the guy who did a <laughs> yeah. wonderful table. Good here. old Manny. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Manny. Um, I think we're going to get him to build some shutters for the house and maybe even get him down here to hang out a little bit and I'll cook him some barbecue and he can help me install them. And, you know, we'll see about that. And what a fun, what a fun little excursion you guys yeah. are having. Yep. So we're going to, I think we're going to stay in the house because it just doesn't pay right now Interest to move rates. because oh, you get a hundred thousand dollar less of a house for more monthly note. And it just doesn't make sense right now. That's yeah, not so, a good, right? not a good time for people that are looking to buy. No, it's not. There's, not a, there's a lot of things going on. But Stoney, I, Stoney, I hear you've been writing a book. Yeah. For about 20 years now. 20 years. Yes. Yeah, yes. what's, you know, well, I mean. The, the concept came what are to we, me. What are we talking about here? What are you, what's taken 20 years? Um, I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I just, I'm trying to put things in play. Um, it's it's called Hitler's Revenge is actually the, the title of the book. But it's about um, disposability in America. Basically, when World War II ended, the Allies got together and went into Germany and said, okay, we need to rebuild you. And we need to, and they've done this, America has done this in basically every war that they've been into, except for one. And we're just going to leave that alone. 
And um, they went to Porsche and the Volkswagen and said, hey, look, we found these plans. And it was actually a car designed by Adolf Hitler. And it's called the Volkswagen Bug, the people's car. And um, they said, y'all can build this car. And it became the most popular car in the late 50s, 60s, and 70s in America. But it was a disposable car. If you dented the fender, six bolts, fender came off. They only made three, four, five, six colors at one time. You could pop a new one on in 20 minutes. If you blew the motor, less than, you know, couple hundred bucks an hour and a half later you've pulled that motor out and put another one in and basically if you wrecked the whole car you could afford to buy another one and so one day I was thinking about this and I was looking at this car and I was trying to remember what was disposable before this disposable item came out and I started just chronologically putting like disposable diapers really didn't make it I mean people were kind of experimenting with stuff until the 70s and 80s they had kind of had some diapers and started experimenting in the late 50s and, and 60s, but it was still the cloth diaper. And then I just started timelining. Now what's disposable in the world? Hmm. What, in, in, your time, in your day, how many disposable things do you think you use in your day, day-to-day activities now? Oh, a lot. Oh, just cups. Like, give me some examples. Styrofoam cups. Okay. You know, paper plates. Um, I would venture to say many appliances, mm-hmm. T- TVs. Okay. TVs. There's no more VCR or TV no. repairmen around. Right. I Why? Mean, Why? Because it's cheaper to buy a new one. Okay. But so. do you remember when your grandparents had a TV, a console TV, that it was an heirloom? That's right. Their intention was to hand this down to their kids and grandkids and, and there's still those TVs are still there today. What's you that, can't really use technology. them. Technology was that CRT? Mm-hmm. I believe that CRT. Yeah. Technology mm-hmm. that that powered those TVs. The old bulb TVs. That's crazy. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, I mean, all, all whole society is kind of. I think even before that, that way, even before that, like I'm. This is a different topic, I think, but I think it's adjacent to it. Is uh, is the the light bulb, the fact that the light bulb like the. F- whenever they started like creating light bulbs and they started like mass producing them for people, like whenever that was like a turning point in history, they used to last too long or last indefinitely. Um, and obviously the manufacturers of light bulbs were at a point whenever it like reached critical mass where everyone had kind of had light bulbs already. Um, <laughs> they were losing money because at a certain point in time, no one needed a new light bulb in a certain way. And they started to realize, oh, okay, we have to kind of like have some sort of gamification of the system here where like the, you need new stuff from us to keep paying us for more things. And it was just, I, think, I don't know if, that is, if it's actually like a, a term that they coined or not, but it is now in history as planned obsolescence. Well, that, I, and that's I, true. Sure. Even these TVs yeah. that our, our grandparents had, mm-hmm. y- or you could replace something. You could fix something. You could keep right. it. Um, I was talking to somebody uh, a couple of months ago uh, about my my marriage to Miranda, and, and, and they've been married 65 years. And I asked him, how do I do that? And the guy asked me flat out, he says, well, do you want to be married or right? 
<laughs> and I says, well, I want to be I've heard that before. Yeah. And he was joking. But his wife also said, you know, there's an old saying from our time. If it's broken, you fix it. You don't throw it away. So you're talking about relationships. That's relationships. Right. But now think about this. Relationships are disposable too. If I don't like what you're saying, I'm going to cut you off. You're done. You're not my friend anymore. I'm going to cancel you. So we don't want to put forth the effort into even relationships. Children are disposable. How many kids are up for adoption or get aborted? And I'm not going to get into that whole thing, but how many even kids and people are disposable now in your lives? You know, what, what, what is, what is the divorce right now? Over, over 60% yeah, now? It's, a, it's definitely over 50% that relationships fail. You know, there's, there's a, there's a joke out there, you know, what's the leading cause of divorce in the nation? Marriage. Yeah. I mean, I think, come on. I think though within that, I think the, the biggest driving factor is money. I believe if I saw a statistic. Or lack thereof. Well, I think it's just well, yeah, money. Well, it's, I think it's the, the stresses of, of, of yeah. finances is one of the large. And I think over 70% of divorces are actually initiated by women now. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. That is far more likely that a woman will file for divorce than a man. Wow. Interesting. Yep. But, you know, you really talk about divorces and you talk about the... Uh, uh, disposable, the disposability of, of relationships with marriages that I was interested. It goes back to when, uh, Ronald Reagan signed in no fault divorce. Okay. Back when he was governor of California, hmm. that's kind of where that's kind of really started. This idea of, of basically marriage is just, you know, if I'm not happy and I don't feel fulfilled and, you know, send it. That kind of started that. I did not know that. That yeah. made me have to, something I need take, to take, research take, and take, add take, into the. Take, take a look at that with the signing of, and, and I think even Reagan even even regretted of the consequences of, of that. Because prior to that, now, you know, I don't believe anybody should stay in some abusive relationship no. right. or anything like that. And that's not what I'm talking about. But there are a lot of divorces now that are happening that has absolutely nothing to do with abuse or anything. It's just basically I'm not being fulfilled. I think it, and another big thing is uh, kind of circling back around to planned obsolescence in a way. is like don't go in with the intention of wanting to leave. That's, I think, another big thing with at least before you even get to marriage. I have, I have friends that have, like, gotten into relationships that are like, ah, I'm just not really sure. And I was like, then why are you – in a relation, why are you going to commit a relationship with that person if you're not even one to like really commit yourself to them? See, I do something different in my life. I don't look at things in a temporary term, even when it comes to friendships. I've known Ian a really long time. Right. I expect that I'm going to know Ian a really long time. I don't have to agree with everything he says. Right. Jason, you and I have known each other five years now, maybe yeah. roughly five years now. I expect that to be 30 years. I have friends. I have one friend that's, uh, I'm almost 60, that is almost 50 years. Okay. I don't 
I don't look at things in that temporary term. I don't want to say, Jason, I'm going to be your friend now. I expect us to be friends 20 years from now. I want to see us sitting in retirement, watching grandkids or fishing or whatever, smoking a cigar, which right. we need to do the cigar episode yeah, too. Yeah, we need to do that one. Yeah. Um, for I, I expect that. I want to see this man's kids mm-hmm. and his grandkids. I want to see Ian's life like that. I want, hopefully he'll allow me to be part of that life. Right. Especially if he has a daughter. Most people keep me around for when their daughters start dating. <laughs> so, you know, oh yeah, right, you, right. Want, you got to go to him. Okay. Just right. do that. Do that thing right there. Okay. And, and that's what I expect from, from you and I, I, I believe in long term. I didn't go into my relationship with Miranda hoping that it would, I wanted all of it. But that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, like nowadays it, 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 like you go into a relationship thinking, what can I get out of it? And right. again, if anything goes wrong, I, I got my, I got my out. Mm-hmm. You go in with the intention with that half. you have, you have friend. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm not even talking about getting into the commitment of marriage. Like that, that is also a problem too. I'm mm-hmm. just talking about like, even just like dating somebody nowadays, again, even people in my age bracket aren't getting married really because they know it's going to be a failure and right. they're going into a relationship going, I'm not going to marry this person because to be honest, I don't really think I'm going to be with this person long term. Like then why even entertain the idea of being with them? If you can't even like realistically think to yourself, like I want to dedicate myself to this person fully, then why, why waste their time? Why waste your time? Just I, I like that's what I'm. It's like that kind of I conversation. Think, it's I kind think of crazy. you're just lonely. I think you're just lonely. Exactly. <laughs> I think what's going on is there are many people that get into relationships because all my friends are in relationships, right. and I feel right. left out, and mm-hmm. and I feel a hole there, and I need to fill it. And but you know, relationships take work. And right. it's something you got to kind of stay on every single day. And, you know, me as the single guy of the podcast here, um, I, I can tell you, it, it takes work and you have to be willing to put that work in. And if yeah. you're not really willing to put that kind of work in a hundred percent of the time, uh, unfortunately it's caused me problems. Right. And I, it sometimes, I've had to be honest with myself, you know, I, I'm very happy and content in my life. Right. So I'm not like, feel like I'm missing something, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it, they do take work and right. you've got to be willing to do that. And if you're not, you're just inviting on a bunch of misery on but yourself. But see, that's, that's the whole concept of the, the book that I'm writing is that's the whole mentality of it. And if you look at to the extremes of what that is, let's just look at something very, very simple. When you were a kid, how did you go get a drink of water? Hose pipe. Ho- well, okay, hose pipe. <laughs> or you went and got a glass. Right. And you got an old ice tray. You put a couple of cubes in it, and you filled it up from the tap water, yep. and you got it. Now, we're filling up our seas and our rivers and our landfills with plastic cups because we all have to have our personalized disposable bottle of water because it's convenient. Yep. Instead of putting forth the effort to go get a glass fill it up, and then wash the glass, now I can just toss it. And so we're ruining our environment and our mentality in life because we want, we're lazy and we want to do something simple and, 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 and destroy our, our, our environment, e- ecology, you know, just everything. I mean, look, they, have, they have mountains and islands of trash in the ocean. We've talked about trash on this episode. Yes. How many, uh, next time you go out... Do me a favor. 
take a couple of pictures of just everything disposable that y'all find in those I, I will tell trash you, pickups. I will tell you this. This past weekend, I went out okay. and joined Keep Tiger Town Beautiful. And the location where we're at, in an hour and a half, we collected over 75 contractor bags of garbage. And many, many of many, most of that is bottles, plastic bottles, styrofoam, you know, all kind of plastic type containers, mattresses, mm-hmm. chairs, mattresses. Yes. Wow. So it is just that little small microcosm. I looked at that and I went, now multiply that across the globe. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How much mountains of garbage we are accumulating because of the type of society we have today where everything is disposable we we use it and we throw it away nothing gets reused i had a friend of mine in the late 80s he played for an nfl team and he retired he was a kicker and he moved to california and he started a career as a stand-up comedian but he also started a company that basically he was offended by disposable diapers that were filling up landfills with disposable diapers. So he brought back the diaper, the cloth diaper, but he also provided a service. So basically when you had a kid, you had a dirty diaper, you, and he invented this little thing where you, you put the diaper in it and you push it down, and it stayed in this long plastic bag, and it wrapped it up, and it sealed it so the smell didn't get out there. And then once or twice a week, they would come, depending on how much you wanted to pay, and they would take that bucket and they would provide you with X amount of diapers. And they just kept that going. Wow. Okay. And he made a lot of money with that service. Yeah. Because we're getting rid of disposable diapers. And the plastic that they used to wrap everything up was super biodegradable. You couldn't keep it in that plastic for more than two weeks because it was going to start degrading. Right. And he changed something. And it's this whole disposable mentality that kind of has gotten me to where I don't look at anything temporary anymore. I don't like using paper plates. I know there's a time and place for it, but that's also one of the things I like about Miranda too. She has nice dishes. She has nice glasses. You know, now when we merged the two households together, we both realized that we liked the same things. There was nothing really disposable that we had together that we put together. And it was really nice to see that. I think now that I'm looking back at it, that's one of the things that kind of attracted to me to her was she didn't see life so disposably as the rest of the world. But think of what do y'all, what else do y'all use disposable in your day-to-day life? What do you think about on, on your jobs or things like that? How much is disposable now? It's a lot of things. I mean, Mallory and I have kind of like worked towards, uh, like stepping away from a lot of disposable stuff. Like we bring a lot of our own like uh, shopping bags to the store and stuff like that. So like oh, there, awesome. there are things that we're like, we're trying to make conscious decisions, but the hard part is, is like when the standard of companies, when the standard given to people, like you go to like a, like a fast food restaurant or a coffee shop or whatever. And like, that's, that's the default. That's the hard part is to like you, like we have to make an effort like to make the decision to not do that. And I feel like that's where like the, that's where it's hard. And if like the caveat needs to be of like, I think the standard needs to be the alternative. Like, like, like 
and I know it's there's a whole bunch of cost effective reasons why it's not, but that's like that's the hard part is like if everyone wants to get on board, it's not just the people that are at fault, it's also the companies that are sure, at fault. Sure, absolutely. But that's y'all what's encouraging is is that y'all have come together and y'all have made a conscious decision as right. a couple to do something a little bit different. Right. Let's take these bags. Let's take these special things. And Miranda does the same thing. She has these bags, you know, and and you go and get your stuff. You put it in it. You come home. A prime example is, I mean, for instance, the milk that we made with this coffee. Like, I mean, there's no way I can get milk without it being in like a plastic carton. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least not that I know of, at least not the milk that I would like. I mean, you know, there's no really good uh, solution or, or alternative to that. Like, I mean, so that's the hard part of that sort of stuff. It's like, I know there are milks that I could probably get that are, but like that, you know, it's just things like that. It's like, I, some of the things that I would like to do, I would have to either like drastically change my, my, uh, my life routine. What, like I've already, I've already made some decisions. I've already like done some, uh, I've already made some changes in my life to help, you know, reduce my plastic use in a way but sometimes like even like even down to some of the shampoos or soaps that we use like i mean i know there's alternatives but like i mean you know within reason i'm not going to go out of my I'm, I'm i'm gonna try and go out of my way a little bit but if i have to like go out of my way and spend a whole lot of extra money sometimes it doesn't i can't justify it you know sure, what I mean? absolutely. that's yeah, the hard part absolutely. is like is that i feel like if we could all get to that point where like there are alternatives that are cost effective it's more like a like it is reasonable to make that decision for everyone. That would be great, but it's not available right now. And that's the hard part. about I, 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 I've make a conscious effort. I buy products that I know that can, I can recycle. Right. And at the same time, if somehow that product, if I buy it goes toward mm-hmm. preserving something like I'm a big fan of, of protecting like, you know, the wildlife. Right. Okay. You know, like elephants and lions and the, the big animals that I feel that are being destroyed by the poaching uh, that's going on. So I, I, I like to buy things that I know there's money going toward mm-hmm. uh, working to uh, to preserve those kind of uh, things. Right. So I, I just, it's a passion of mine. And, and I will say, like, I mean, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. There are, like, I mean, trust me when I say, like, even in the past few years, like, there are some changes that have been made. I mean, even the fact that like Mallory and I have been able to very easily get ourselves on like pretty big um, reusable shopping bags. I mean, I don't remember that. I was like a kid being like always readily available, but I mean, I don't know. So I know there are, there are things in right now that are changing for the better. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done. To be done oh, though. Yes, the oh, there's a lot of work. When when you just consider everything that we do, that that so many things is disposable, that don't get reused, just gets thrown away, and fills up our landfills. Right. Our landfills are just crazy. It, it's insane to me. And then that's not even the stuff that makes it there. Jason's part of something, a great program. They filled up 70 plus shopping bags Saturday. Contractor. Contractor. Right. I mean, these uh, are I'm big sorry, bags. Yeah. Contractor yeah, yeah. bags. And that's basically do every they, Saturday. And that group goes out really every day. Yep. Do, they, how, do you know how many gallons one of those bags are? Oh, they, I they would fit think. in a 50. They fit in a 55 gallon yeah. um, drum. Oh, I see. Gotcha. 
Yep. Yeah. So They're, these are big bags. These big are not bags. the little, little typical bags, bags yeah. that you see. The you know the city court. Yeah, for your little city go orange. Thing. No, these are actually like three, four mil type thick right. bags that are used. Well, that's what I was our, asking, yeah, because I know that. I mean, I know that they're big. I mean, I've seen them before. But, I just didn't know the the. But you know, size think about how, how. I mean, the idea of trying to to in essence turn everything we use into something that can be recycled would mm-hmm. be a, a massive shift oh, in yeah. just manufacturing. I mean, oh, with that yeah. in mind, if, if if you can somehow do that, but the problem is, is cost that mm-hmm. comes into play. There's of a, course. you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that I have some sort of perfect solution for it all or that I'm, I'm, I'm even a great citizen and I'm, you know, uh, I'm doing everything right because, like I said, even a prime example is like the type of milk that we use. Like I like this type of milk, and I would, I could probably go out of my way to get something different. So a lot of times I just choose this anyways, even though like there's no, <laughs> there's no real alter- alternative that I think would be even more environmentally uh, aware. I guess I don't know. But, I recycle you know, pretty much. I I do have yeah. a recycle container at my house. And so paper products and, you know, like paper, I collect and, 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 and then I'll bring them to, to a a shredding place. Okay. Mm -hmm. But see, that's, that's something else too. And in in the early eighties and mid eighties, when computers were, were really just hitting the market, they were supposed to save the trees because instead of printing something, you were going to hand somebody a disc And instead of doing that, because, you know, Bill Gates obviously created the first viruses and then sold the antivirus to it, Mm -hmm. um, computers weren't as talking to each other as we thought they were going to be. But then what they did was, was they created an easier avenue for us to do the paperwork and create bigger reports and bigger graphs, and it made it easier. And now we're using a gazillion times more paper than we did before. Yeah. It, it so it didn't help oxymoron of right. the paper reduction act you know right. i mean which, uh, we don't use less paper even like, i mean paper. to go back to this like, like the original conversation about the volkswagen like i i don't think that i think yes the disposability is bad but i don't want to frame that in a complete bad light because i learned a lot about auto mechanics from Volkswagen bugs. Oh, sure. I had a, I had my cousin who was a close friend of mine in my like high school years. And he brought it upon himself to try and get one up and running. And there was a handful of them in our local area and even beyond where he like traveled to get some. And he, we spent afternoons and weekends and stuff like, you know, with a, handful of sockets and a <laughs> and a dream and we put together a Volkswagen bug that ran and like we could go down down the road and go to the gas station or whatever mm-hmm. and I, I mean I have very fond memories of those so like I, I do think that like some aspects of it like that like the the convenience of it the accessibility of it like those kind of things I think are great now obviously once you start tiptoeing into like ah you can just get rid of it like that's the s- stuff that's like oh, okay that's a little hard to well, that was the justify. first. What was that, Herbie? 
was the Herbie, movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But well, that was the was, first yeah. mentality, right, and right. I think it started a movement. I think it right. made it easier to fall into right. this movement of disposability. I'm not technically really blaming the car, right. but it was the first major disposable item that you really bought in, 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 and it became the most popular car for years and years and years. As time went on and as the less, how can I, I'm trying to say this in a way that as the less in as much energy that it took to produce an item. Right. As that, that, that level dropped, Right. And it became easier to make that item than right. the, the move to disposability. Well, well, let me, let me, let me right. lay this to y'all. Let me throw this out there. The last Volkswagen Bug was made in 2004. Really? I thought it... Think about that. Think about that. that I thought the it longevity was of that. that car... That's incredible. From the end of the war, basically, yep. until 2004 or to the end of 2003, but close enough. Right. H- how long? Yeah. You know, that car was forever and they're still running. You can still get them. You can still get parts. You can still find a great garage find or, you know, whatever on it. And to, to, to kind of piggyback off what we talked about last week a little bit about like the whole social media stuff as well as like we like talking about making your life more efficient and like like trying to better like you know trying to use your time more wisely again it kind of feels like that as well like you're like you're sacrificing you're making everything so disposable and so quick and so easy and like you know less work or you know just trying to make things more efficient but like we kept asking ourselves if we could, that we never stopped to ask if we should kind of, moment, sure. you know, where it's like, you know, uh, well, I mean, you had a movement there just, uh, of trying to maximize profits. Right. And, and even and still, and I think it, again, it, you mean, the, stuff is, is breaks easy. You got to yeah. replace it. So you're, you're producing more stuff. That's more money to be made. Right. And that's what I'm saying about the whole planned obsolescence thing. It got to the point where I, I don't have all of the, details about this so please you know bear with me i'm take what i see with a grain of salt but i watched videos and i read some articles and stuff about it like about that there are some great videos online about the whole light bulb thing like i was talking about because they had like a a, a, i don't want to say laws but they had people had to start intervening because again like it, it got to the point where the planned obsolescence got so bad where you know people had to step in and be like hey we can't just you can't just manufacture things to break. And I, I think it's been a conversation that's been kind of lost to time, but I think it that conversation came back around because of uh, it was a handful of years ago whenever iPhone, um, they were, whenever an iPhone got older, they would bog down the system and make it slower on the older generations. Yeah, they got caught doing that with well, batteries. Saying, that's they got the caught doing that. Not only with batteries, but it was also just like your phone would run slower, and they were like, ah, oh, it's just the older model. But it was like, but there was some things in the background that were happening that people found out about that were well, like... I want you to buy it. the new stuff. Exactly. When Ford Thunderbird came out in the, in the 80s, they went from the large Thunderbird to the medium-sized Thunderbird and then the smaller Thunderbird. Their whole goal was to go after women's money. Women had all of this money now, and they were buying these cars. And it, you know, they proved that a lot of the plastics and things in that car were designed to break six months after the warranty went out because their idea was not only are we going to sell these cars to women, 
But where is a woman going to take a car to be repaired? They're not going to take it like you and I will. We'll fix it ourselves or we'll take it to the shade tree mechanic. They're going to take it back to their dealer. And so part of this planned obsolescence that Ian keeps talking about, that was very directed. That was on purpose. That was a targeted, that that was was a targeted, targeted strategy. Yes, a right. demographic that they said, this is how we're going to make our money. We may, not, we may not make it on the front end, but we'll make it on the back end. And right. we'll keep our mechanics and our dealers going this way. And, and now cars, you can't really work on cars anymore. No, it's just, you have at to least take the it same somewhere. way. Right. Unless you go to some, some training. Mm-hmm. You mean, I, I have some friends that have bought the new Tahoe. You can't even do a brake job anymore on it. You have to take it to the dealer and have things programmed in the computer for the brake job. That's what I'm saying. So unless you happen to have gone to school and, and learn and worked at a professional right. mechanic mm-hmm. shop or, where you learn, where then you could take this home and somehow maybe you can do some of this stuff at your house. Or have house. access to the right tools or exactly. computer equipment. The software. Yeah, because right. John Deere got into bind a while back with their tractors, with the farmers couldn't work on their own stuff. You had to have a John Deere mechanic right. with all the software and the computers to come work on it for you. That uh, we, I'm telling you, we, we have set ourselves, I hate to say it, but we have set ourselves up for failure. Mm-hmm. I hope nothing really happens where that people know that, that know how to f- fix certain things. I mean, if all that goes I can, away, we're, I mean, we're messed up. I can tell you right now, I have a close friend of mine. His name is Dominic. Hi, Dominic. Yeah, well, Dominic is, he is, um, he's a unique individual. He's an intelligent guy. He and I have a very, sim- like, we have very similar upbringings. Um, but the thing that's a little different is like he is a lawn care guy and he also is I I hmm, it's hard for me to call him like a like a handyman or repair guy. He's like a he's a technician. That guy can fix anything, basically. You give him enough time and you like you you give it to him, he can fix it. And he's the, he like part of his I don't want to speak for him. I don't think it's like a side hustle. I think it may be like his secondary career path. Right. He has clients that he will fix things for, like washing machines, refrigerators. I don't know about refrigerators, but like ovens for sure, microwaves. Uh, I think he's done like CD players and stuff. So like it's all these little things. Like, And it, it's so interesting to hear how his brain works and him discussing fixing things. And it makes me really excited to see that there are people still out there that can fix that kind of stuff because again i have never i haven't thought recently about you know fixing that kind of stuff but it's cool to see that he's in you know around the same age as i am and he's you know making some good money you know talking Mm -hmm. to people being he's also a really good personable kind of guy and you know also coming in and you know looking over some things and fixing it is just like with me and computers and Wi-Fi and you know camera equipment. People are like, Ian, I don't know how to fix it, and it's kind of cool to like step back and see a different area of that. Of like, if my like he was describing a problem with one like of an oven he was working on, and I was like, I have no idea what would I would do if that oven was doing that. And he's like, It's easy. You just got to do this, that, and the other, and just to hear him talk about it and get excited about it. I was like, It's cool that that you know how to do that and that you're passionate about it. And then if anything it breaks off, if it breaks for me, I know who I'm calling. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to have people like that around still. But you know, I know that's a thing that's few and far between. Well, there's huge ebbs and flows in all of this. Like we keep talking about the auto industry, right? Well, cars get so expensive, people quit buying them and they want to work on them. 
and then they come down and then, you know, the repair costs are now too astronomical. I'll just go buy a new car. I'll just get rid of this one. And then we've, we've watched over the last year, two years, just the astronomical cost to buy a new vehicle. Now people are trying to repair their old ones. And then you have a supply chain issue where nobody can get parts. And it's taken, you know, your, uh, your mom and pop parts dealers two to three weeks to get in normal parts that normally they could have on the shelf. I think that uh, that situation, because of the COVID and mm-hmm. all the supply chain issues that happened with that, I think now the lots are starting to have all these cars and nobody's buying them. Nobody's buying them because they're too yeah. expensive. Yeah, they're not willing to, not willing to work with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hearing people going to the lot. Saying, look, what's on the sticker, it's what it is. I have and a friend of mine. Sometimes even go, yeah. even it's more than the sticker. I have a friend of mine who's a used car manager, and he was telling me people before all of this would buy a car and then six months to a year later come in and sell it to them or trade in for more money than they, they paid for the car. Right. Really? Yeah. The car actually became an investment. It, or Something to that effect. Yeah, I mean, you buy it yeah. cheap and sell it for high, you yeah. know? So That's crazy. That is, because most automobiles mm-hmm. are terrible. In oh, the second they dropped right. off a lot, they're <laughs> depreciating. Well, if, you, if you drive a car off the lot, you lose a third of the value. If right. you buy a computer and take it home, by the time you get home, it's already obsolete and worth a tenth of what you paid for it. Right. So everything falls into that category. Oh, yeah. Even phones, like phones are so guilty of it now where it feels like every year on the dot there's a new phone. And like, I remember whenever the, I mean, I think Mallory and I were talking about it. Mallory, I think, has like an S10, S10 Ultra or whatever it is. I can't remember. And now they have like an S22 something, something or another. I'm like, oh, wait, how many iterations? Have you you missed? And Mallory's like, I think I've only had this phone for a couple of years now. And I was like, Well, well I mean, it, yeah. With phones, all they can do is improve the cameras and the chip. But again, it. yeah, it's it's just the you know, it's also, um, it's, I think it's also a status symbol too. With I was fixing to, to say, not around, only so. is it a disposability um, conversation, but it also becomes I got to have the latest and the greatest, so I'm just going to chunk this one, right? And I'm going to get the latest and the and greatest. Spend more money. I'm so happy. I bought this. This is the Note 20 Ultra. Mm-hmm. Um, my last payment on it is done. So now you I'm you, operating. You own on a, it. I free own and the clear. phone, free and clear. There you go. My bill went down fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah, and I don't have any cracks in it. I got some in the the Gorilla Glass on it, but. I kept this one the whole distance, and I'm That's so awesome. proud of myself for that. Love it, and I'm gonna try to keep it for at least another year. Yeah, I've had. I, I want to say I've had this one since I got back from Canada in like 2019, 2020, and uh, I didn't want to have to pay off the phone. I paid. I paid for it outright, and it was a it was a pretty penny. But mm-hmm. you know, anyways. I see. Uh, I, I still have the. I have the iPhone 12. Max, oh my god, that's go. so old. That's so old, right? <laughs> Isn't it like? I'm two? actually, I'm actually, I usually change my phones every other generation, right? Okay. So I, I've always kind of operated in a two year cycle, right? So it's mm-hmm. probably healthy. Uh, I've never had to change it like every year. I thought that was kind of ridiculous because right. I didn't feel like the upgrades were worth it. But 
Right. I'm hearing a lot. I have an iPhone, so this uh, I'm I'm hearing a lot on this 15 that's coming out. So, but I know either you're an Apple person or you're not. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, you're the I think you're the only one here. Who's yeah, a, I am. I'm yeah, the only yeah. Apple guy here. It's okay. That's okay. You know, okay. I use I use Apple for my work stuff. A lot of the work stuff that I do, a lot of the production element stuff and video editing and all that kind of stuff, it works. It works well on the like the presentation softwares that I have. It works better on Mac a lot of times, and also mm-hmm. I think Mac also is just attributed with a certain status mm-hmm. to where I can go into a office place and like you know commission them to buy a handful of uh, MacBooks, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna be really good, <laughs> you know. And so that's what I'm doing. So, so I just can't convince you to take the bite of the apple, right? Oh no, no. no, no. Like I said, I, I I I keep it I keep it at a healthy distance. I use it for my work stuff, and then the second I close that yeah. laptop and I go home, I clock out from Apple, and I'm like, okay. Now, now back I'm my, back to Android. And back right? to Android again. Back home. Yeah, yeah that's so. right. A lot of people like that Jason, Android platform. You need right. to come to the dark side. Oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, look, Android. I've got friends of mine that are like, "Why do you have Apple? It's so restrictive." <laughs> You can't right. do anything with it. I'm like, I mean, what do I do with a phone? Just right. surf the net and answer calls and take pictures. Right. That's really about it. And for me, it's all it's all a case by case basis. If you want to have, if you if that makes you comfortable, makes you happy, that's fine. Uh, you know, and that's okay for me. Whenever I had an, an iPhone, I it wasn't for me. I didn't like you, it. As I'm saying, you yeah. you, you like okay. that platform, and you don't. Me. And uh, I, I'm not necessarily. I'm not like passionate about it. I just right. it's just what I've used for right all these years. My boss, on the other hand, he will he has the he has an Apple Watch, has an Apple phone, he has all of it, and he will sit there and go like, "Come on, Ian, you gotta gotta come over to the dark side." I'm like, no, that's you're not gonna. I have worked in this industry long enough. That it's nothing no convincing is gonna get me. It's so funny because I don't have nothing else Apple other than my phone. Right. I mean, I, my watch, the watch I use is Garmin. That's, okay. That's okay. that's an Android. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my 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 home computer right. is a PC, so it has nothing to right. do with Apple. So exactly. I mean, it's my TV is Samsung, my Blu-ray player is Samsung, my pad is Samsung, and my phone, <laughs> I mean my go. phone is Samsung. Okay, I just so. went to Sony on TV. Yeah, yeah. I have a Google. I've had phone. Samsung for years. I have a Google phone, and I I really enjoy the platform. It's, I it's, am, it, I will say. Google does give you the yeah. Android platform. You can do a lot more with I, it. I, as a, um, I probably to my own detriment, I have a lot of things tied up in a couple of Gmail accounts that I have, like with work stuff and with personal stuff. So like my phone can seamlessly, I can upload things to it and operate it and it will seamlessly work with my home computer, my work computer and my podcast computer here. Like, so I can just, whatever I do on my computers, it's all like synced together that makes me so happy. Yes, just convenience, and that. But I want to give me an iPad, okay, so yeah, yeah. I, I will have another. Uh, actually, I've got an old iPad from years ago, but I probably want the new. Well, one. At least about. with our new table, from oh yeah, Manny's woodworking. We, yes. we have room to put our pads. We need to things. put some like like some little power things in here where you can have a little cord and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Oh yeah, a little charge port. Yeah, a little charge I ports. Yeah, I don't have a. I don't have I think that, that, here, would be a, yeah. that would be a nice addition to the table. Maybe it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we can do that. Yeah. So a lot of fun. All right. Well, we, we, we had a good conversation on disposable and we chased yeah. a couple of rabbits here, but it was fun. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like I said, there, that's a, it's a great topic and there's a lot to talk about when it comes to well, I mean, obsolescence and, you know, disposability and the modern world we live in right now, you know, 
I mean, what other things are disposable? Everything. That's now, what I'm saying. Our, our whole society's disposable now. Yes, and right. and that was the point of it. E- even human beings are disposable. Right. And that's what's sad about the whole mentality of the disposable world, is everything is now disposable. I'm pretty sure I've I've told this story before on the show, but I'll tell it again for those who may not have heard. But um, Mallory got me these really nice leather boots from a company that I have been I had my eye on for a long time, and I wanted them so bad. But they're real leather, really nice handmade boots that are really good. And of course, you're going to pay for that. You know, you're not just going to get some. You could buy some cheap boots somewhere else that are just you know mass produced, manufactured, and probably going to fall apart in very quick amount of time. I <laughs> fell in love with these boots so much, and I really broke them in, and they're like my favorite shoes that I wear basically all the time whenever I can, especially, you know, going into the office. And uh, I noticed on the, like on the left shoe that the, the sole, the sole was like, was kind of like the threading was coming apart because I had worn them <laughs> so much after about a year or so. And uh, I was so scared that I was going to have to, again, the first mentality of mine was these shoes are busted. I don't want to have to go get new ones. Cause that's just, again, that was just that, um, mentality. I think it's been just bred into me, I guess. But then I started thinking about it and I was like, I'm pretty sure in my local area they have like shoe repair places. Like, what are they? Cobblers? That, co- cobblers? Well, yeah, cobblers. Right, cobblers. And I was like, and I think this guy was just a shoe repair. I don't know if there's a difference in terminology. But I walked in there and he was just this nice old guy who was just like there with a whole bunch of shoes, like dress shoes, all the polishes, you know, the the like a, a the seat on like a pedestal where he could shine them or whatever, like a whole the whole nine yards is a cool place. And I walked in there and I was like, hey, is there any way that I can get <laughs> that I can get these like my favorite boots fixed? Because like the threading's all out of it. He looked at me, he was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, come on. And he was like, no, nah, I'm just playing with you. This is super easy. <laughs> and, before, and before I was even like, and he didn't even like, he didn't even turn around. He had them and he had, you know, he spouted off some sort of terminology. He's like, oh, he's like, we need like a something, something on the left shoe, blah, blah, blah. He just, he didn't even turn around. He just held out the shoes behind him. And like another guy came running up and grabbed the shoes and like was off with them, you know, looking at him. Oh, you know, I used to, so. I used to buy, I, I still buy my shoes. I like, when it comes to dress shoes, I like Johnson and Murphy. Okay. And the lo- the local Johnson and Murphy, where it's no longer there, where where I live, mm-hmm. um, I used to bring them back, and yeah. they would get them fixed. Well, eventually they stopped doing that really? because they said the gentleman that was doing it retired. Wow! And that was it. it that's stopped. another dying art. That's it's another a dying dispo- art. That's I mean, another disposable. And the, and you're only going to get a shoe now that maybe lasts you six months to a year. Right. Oh, yeah. Try getting a pair of runners or tennis shoes right oh, now, and you're done. Oh yeah, you're done. And you're I, gonna I go, go. Here's another hundred and fifty bucks. I go through tennis shoes. I can tell you. I want to say I've had these boots for working on probably two or three years now, and I and see that's I impressive. Love them so much. That's, that's good. That's, that's impressive. These are great. My favorite shoes, and of course, and the company because I I love them so much. I love how much they they held up. I bought dress shoes that are underneath my desk over there right now, and I they're like a darker brown leather shoe, and they're just as nice, and I I love them a lot. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so, so but all of these things now are just so disposable, and I'm encouraged that you found somebody. Oh yeah, to repair your shoes. That's so, and and, and that I started thinking about that now more so. I've never really used a, a a tailor or a seamstress or whatever the terminology, the correct term is. I have a suit of mine where the on the right arm, the inner lining, I think, is like 
I got messed up somehow. And I, again, had the same sort of mentality initially of like, man, I, I'm kind of upset that this is not, that this is, it's still, the outside still looks great. It's still usable, but it's just this kind of, it's like all lost its threading or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's coming unwoven. There's, there's a, there's a tailor or seamstress by right. my mom where, yeah. where she lives and it's right around the corner and that's another dying art. Awesome. Yeah. So I thought yeah. about it. I haven't, haven't done that yet, but I was like, but I, I would actually really like to wear that suit again. And I kind of want to get it fixed and you know, yeah. how many, how many people would just, t- t- there's not, that's, that's definitely, uh, it's a dying art. Oh and, yeah. Especially and the, the stuff. The good ones, they will charge you a pretty penny. Oh yep. yeah. Well, and again, and, and like that's a, a for custom made clothes. Oh, I don't oh, doubt yeah. it. But when you're working to get something repaired, how much are you actually saving? Yeah. Oh, because the coat that I the coat that in question is two hundred fifty three hundred bucks. So it's not like the most expensive suit coat in the world, but it's definitely not some you know cheap but blazer. You've worn but, it. You're used to right, it, and I like and, it. And it fits what's it well. Cost you fifty sixty bucks to get it fixed, right. and you still have it, and you haven't. Added to the disposability of our mentality. Right, right. Of all the clothes and everything. So we will need an update. You know, right, if you right. find somebody yeah, and you I get your coat fixed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I haven't worn it uh, because I didn't want to, ma- I don't want to make it worse. You know what I mean? I don't want to wear it out or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a little upsetting, but I do want to, maybe I will break it out at some point and I'll let you know about it. So it's a cool suit. Well, I, I used to carry concealed part okay. of the job all of the time. And a lot of my coats would get these little worn spots in them. Yeah, yeah. And um, especially when I was in California or, or in um, New Orleans and Florida, I had a tailor that I could send my coats to. And it was a little family. And they would put a little patch. Oh, that's cool. That would wear better. Not only would they fix it. Right. But then they would add Improving, something yeah. to make it make more it durable. That's cool. And I saved tons of money and I got to keep my coats that I enjoyed or my suits. Because back in the day when I was young and thin i could wear a double-breasted suit like nobody there you go you know got older and fatter over the years i don't do that anymore but, <laughs> but back in the day you wanted to keep if you had a nice suit oh, you want yeah. to keep that suit of course did you have a favorite brand that you like to buy back then um or yeah, did it just kind of whatever just whatever if and then you got it tailored to fit you and it mm. once it fit that was it you know Mather and i had a had a, a long conversation about uh, looking nice, carrying yourself in a in a way, um, like table etiquette and you know dressing nice, like those mm-hmm. sort of things. Like those, another one of those things that feels like it's dying in our society is like the the art of looking nice, of like just putting yourself together, and like especially for men, like just being able to own a suit and you know either have it tailored correctly or knowing the sizing correct where you can like look nice in a suit whenever you need mm-hmm. realizing that that's not something that just is <laughs> like a common thing in our society now is it's crazy and, and and the thing that started the conversation was like table etiquette is just like being at a nice fine dining restaurant and knowing how to carry yourself you don't have to know all the terminology you don't have to be super snooty or uppity but just like being able to like sit down at this nice meal and like carry yourself in a certain way is another one of those things that I think is getting lost and you know oh well, we're a less so we're a less formal society now I mean it's it's especially with the advent of tech oh yeah 
people working from home. I mean, if you, you, you go to these oh, places yeah. <laughs> that check, check businesses. I mean, it's not like it used to be. Well, when our print grandparents got on a plane, they were yeah. in a suit and coat and a dress, yeah. and they dressed up to get on the plane. Now you're in your pajamas and flip-flops right. uh, or what are they called, Crocs or whatever, something <laughs> like that. So, you know, we're losing, like Ian said, just a certain etiquette. Etiquette has become disposable. Right. Yeah. Many, uh, many things etiquette, are just, I, I, That's a good point, Stoney. I like that. Etiquette yeah. is disposable now. Right. Well, the, it actually, like the conversation I was having with Mallory was sparked because of a conversation in her workplace where people, I think, were raised by a certain sternness about etiquette and they're right. kind of like opposing that in a way. But now she's like, but you may not have to like, you know, do all the you know, all the stuff, um, having the forks and spoons in the right place and, you know, uh, don't cut the next bite. Like you don't have to do all that kind of stuff necessarily, but like, but some of it is a good guideline for, you know, you know, being at least a little put together in a little like polite. A, oh, right. How about just being polite. Exactly. Yeah. And We're so she's not was, polite right. anymore to people. Oh yeah. And that's a shame. That's something else that has become disposable. Respect is disposable now. Politeness is disposable. If now. it's even there at all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, right. Thank you. Yeah, it right. may have become so disposable yeah. it's gone now. Right. Just simple things in life. Because we're such in a rush. Courtesy. Oh, yeah. Driving we don't have down patience the road. anymore. Yeah. Right. Man, that's crazy. You're when, not when, when, when you were driving 20 years ago, oh, come on in. You could see people waving and come on in and hitting the brights. Come on in. And now everybody, courtesy is just gone. And, and it, everything is so disposable for my convenience. I think that's, that's what it is. That's what disposability is, is my convenience. What I think is my efficiency, because now I need to have this personalized bottled water made out of plastic because I'm too lazy to just go get a glass of water and then wash the glass. Right. There's, and now I think there are people that, would not be opposed to getting a glass and getting. I have talked to people. The reason they drink bottled water is because they actually makes them actually drink water. Right. Mm-hmm. They won't right. drink water otherwise. They, because they, it's not convenient it's to not continue convenient to go up and, and fill so your cup again. That's why they get cans of, you know, Coke oh, yeah. or whatever soft keep, drink. On my desk over there, I have a, a bottle that I, I keep on my desk. I have like always with me. And it's, you know... I call it my security blanket in a way because I usually will hold it and you know while I'm talking and doing presentations and stuff. <laughs> but it's I will always have that because it's the same sort of thing. My, my convenience is shifted in a different way. Where like if I don't have that, you're right. I probably won't reach for a glass of water mm-hmm. or you know. And, it, and, but but having it there, I will. Right. I know for a fact it's always. Uh, I mean, it's it's know. sad, but it's just true. I mean, right? You know, it's. I, it makes you drink water. Actually, makes you be probably a little bit healthier than you would be if mm-hmm. if you didn't. So, right. I mean, you drink probably more soft drinks. Oh yeah. What's the point of being healthy if we kill our environment? Well, well, already, that's, a, well that's a big we're question. Poison, <laughs> we're poisoning ourselves right now. Look, we we talk oh, about us, but there are places around the globe that are just outright disgusting. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. Yes. What we've turned our planet into. 
And we wonder why no aliens, except for the great filter, why no aliens come here because we're destroying our own planet. Yeah, Look at them in their own filth. Yeah. Yeah. looking at us going, no. goodness. Yep. What I are they know. thinking of? But yeah. maybe, they, maybe they have some compassion. They're like, oh, I remember being there one point in time. <laughs> well, I mean, what, 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 what's going to cause change? Oh, of course. What's going to cause the change? The only thing that makes people change is when what you're doing you can't do anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, and, well, yeah. I mean, literally, you right. just can't do it anymore. Well, that's then like, that's when people are like, oh, we got to do something different here. Right. I'm not, I don't like to use the, the term, but in this context, you know, it's like kind of, it's like forcing change in a way. Is That's what I think I was saying initially whenever we, like, people need to affect change in their lives, like, you know, being conscious about that. But I don't think it's 100% their fault because I don't think that they're the, prime culprit of the problem like us as a like us people i think it is like bigger forces at play that are like the real people that need to get like like the real there are some major plastic in the ocean from like fishnets and from other stuff that mm-hmm. is not our doing that like that is a big problem that needs to get sorted out that like no matter what i do to affect change in my own life that's not going to change no. and so it's like things like that where it's like big companies and all these other things that need to get put in check of like, I don't know. I like I, I, we I, we I have to be very careful about the Kool-Aid that we're drinking <laughs> because right. everything revolves around somebody else's money. And now they're going to sell me something for my convenience and I'm going to make your life better. Right. And so we buy into that for somebody else's profit. Remember the TV dinner? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you, either one of y'all know how the TV dinner came about? How did the TV dinner that come out? That came out in World War II. I think okay. you tell me about this. And, and so yeah. what happened was this was they wanted a somewhat nutritional, nutritious meal to feed to the soldiers. And it was easy to heat up, blah, 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 blah. Well, the U.S. government actually had a company, a guy started a company making TV dinners or what was called something else then. So he's going, okay, the war is over. Now what am I going to do? So they had all these, you know, people, think tank people say, well, why don't you rebrand it as a TV dinner and we'll sell it to wives and mothers as a way to make their life more convenient. Mm -hmm. Right. And so instead of having to spend four hours cooking, you can heat this up in 20 minutes and your life is now better. And as a society, we bought it. So now home-cooked meals became disposable for our convenience and our efficiency and to make our life better. And I guess that's at the same time Coke had to stop putting cocaine into the Coke, Coca-Cola, <laughs> and people weren't as energized. Believe it or not, you, you speak of that, I read an article today. I read the same one. I know where you're New going. New Jersey is the only, there's a, there's a plant. Coca-Cola plant there. It's the only one licensed to import coca leaves. Yes, and still make cocaine. And still make cocaine. Oh, wow. And I the U.S. government's read, actually paying I forget where that article them. came from, but yes, wow. I found that interesting because, like, yep. wow, they're still doing it. So this That's disposable crazy. mentality has come into every aspect of our life. And a lot of, a lot of this innovation came out of World War II. Yep. Well, our best innovation comes out of war. Mm. The one thing we're really good at in this world is killing people. 
Oh, yeah. Well, good or bad, I mean, you think of washing machines. Think of what people had to do before they were washing machines. Well, then that's what, like, there's so, so much. There's so much in the way of like the advent of technology that can that really makes our lives easier in a lot of ways. It's just there's a certain point in time where it's like we're really pinching pennies here for like saving time and being more efficient. And it's like, is it really though, or are you just lazy? Yeah, you're just lazy at that point. Well, right. as a society evolves, it does become. Oh yeah, lazier. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we just do, and the more tech, the more yeah. I just right. I don't see that stuff. And and, and we soon. don't we don't have to get into this subject, but it all it all is circling back around like on a topic that has been really big in my friend group and circles is AI. It's like it's like <laughs> what is the point? Tell me what the point is. No one can tell me. Like that's what I'm saying. We don't want to talk about it now. But it's another one of those things of like it's just making everything more disposable. It's all making it just you just type it in and just make magic happen. It's like I don't understand. I think there's gonna be more things going on with AI than disposability. So now, you're right. I was gonna say is now creativity. Right. Hey, that's what I'm disposable. saying. There was a point in time where I could effectively say I am an artist, and right now, even though people across the world are losing their jobs because a robot has taken their job at this point in time in history as an artist a robot can't take my job i can't say that anymore I'm, and i'm not i'm not worried about it i know i'm good enough at my job i'm confident enough but it's just the idea of like we live in a world now where there is a possibility that possibly one day the art that i make somebody can just go i'll just go ahead and type it in, a, in an engine and it's done i don't need you anymore mm-hmm. like that's kind of messed up it's like the creativity aspect of it I can understand some like manual labor aspects of like, you know, potentially introducing robots into the equation to help save human lives or help prolong human lives in a way. But man, what? Why? Why? McDonald's is fixing to go all robot. You're going to have one or two people in a day working at McDonald's making that $15 an hour minimum wage, just keeping things stocked up so the robots can do the work. I, I went into a McDonald's this past weekend. I hadn't been into McDonald's in a long time. Uh-oh. I just don't go there. But I walked in. It was a brand new McDonald's. I'd just been rebuilt. Okay. And you had to go to the kiosk. And I you? went to the kiosk, <laughs> and I was like, What the what? Wow, this is, I mean, I had to punch all the stuff on the screen and run my credit card, and yeah, it's okay, you know, it prints a ticket and just wait at your table, and we'll bring it. I mean, I'm like, yeah. this is just, God, this is so different from what, yeah. I remember I to to you know, kind of people who go to McDonald's a lot. They're probably saying, "Well, you know, Jason, that's been going on well, for a while." They probably ask to, you why you didn't use your app to piggyback. Probably so, yeah. To piggyback off that story, I was the same thing. Mallory and I went to the movies, and before uh, we went, before we went to go sit in the movie, we wanted to go get something to eat real quick. And the and the thing that was right around the corner was in walking distance was McDonald's. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go there. It's no big deal. Something quick, easy, cheap. We can get some food before we have to go sit down in this movie. And uh, <laughs> I was at the kiosk and I was like, I mean, this same thing. I haven't been in a McDonald's in a long time. And I was like, I mean, this is kind of weird, but I mean, you know, I understand how it works. And I'm, you know, I punch it in, got our order all set aside. And then Mallory had went to the restroom during that time. So she came back. And what she came back to was me with these two old ladies <laughs> at the other kiosk on the other side. As I was finishing up mine, I got my ticket. They were like, hey, I. I, can, I really can't figure this out. I don't know what's happening. And I was like, uh, she, and they, she asked, she's like, could you help me with this? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. No problem. And she just wanted to get ice cream for her and her friend. That's all she wanted. It was like an old ice cream cone from McDonald's. And I was like, man, how, how 
times have changed in her generation from when she could probably just go to a McDonald's and order an ice cream cone. Mm -hmm. And now it's this whole thing where she walked in and got greeted by nobody and got confused by a computer screen that was giving her too many prompts or asking her questions that she didn't understand and then had to ask me, you know, <laughs> for some help, this young guy. And I was like, I was, you know, it, I mean, like I said, she just was, I don't think she was fully comprehending what the computer was asking So her. is she saying that customer service is disposable right, now right. too? Right, oh, She didn't even say anything. So I, I'm I, just I, saying I was like, in, yeah, I, I, I was just, I was perceiving the situation through her. Mm-hmm. It's like I was able to punch in her stuff. She was like, I would rather pay at the front. So I push all the buttons to get it all done. It prints out a ticket and she's like, you made it look so easy. And I was like, well, I've done this once or twice. You know, I was like cracking some jokes with her. But then I thought about it and then she took her ticket to the front to pay for it. And I was like, why didn't, why did she have to go through all this effort of punching it all in just to go up to the front to, to talk to a person for a dollar fifty cone. Well, she got two of them for her oh, and her okay. friend. I was like, well, yeah, how, how much that may have cost. But again, she like it, the person who like checked her out obviously got some sort of notification that like she was needed up at the front or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, why? I don't. It just was like I don't understand. Like there's, it just doesn't because they didn't want to hire somebody to right. work the, the well, register. Exactly. There's right there's there. a vendor at my job right now. That if I need something, instead of calling, I have to go to their website. Oh, gosh. Then I have to find it. Then I have to go through all of these diagrams to click all of the things that I need with it. Okay. And then I still don't know when I hit the order button if they even have all of the stuff that I need. And then I have to wait to find out for it to be delivered, (laughs) whether I get everything or not. Really? Because what they don't want is they don't want to have to provide a counter person or a customer service person. So they're basically trying to make me their customer service counter person, phone person, so that I can find something that I need. And I'm like, "Um, wait a minute, you don't pay me. It's kind of like going to the uh, the the Walmart, and the I person knew, says, "Would you like to use our self service checkout thing?" Right. No, I don't work here. I don't work here. Right? You're not paying me for that. Are you? I tell you what. If you want me to use the self service thing, I would like fifteen percent off. <laughs> yeah, right. For yeah, using the self service thing, right. I want fifteen percent off. I mean, I have to say, I utilize the, the self checkout a lot. Now, there's some things I will go to an actual, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know, a register. It depends on what I'm buying. If I ever buy alcohol, I always go to a person. Well, you like, I, I think you I, have to. You gotta no, go no, get no, a person you, anyway. No, you don't have to. I have many times when I thought it was really? more, more convenient, I thought I was going to get a bottle of wine and be out real quick. I scanned it, and I had to wait for an attendant to come and type in that I was of age, and the person wasn't around. I'm surprised. And I, and I, yeah. waited, I waited five to ten minutes for the person to go like, oh, I was like, I don't know who's. I was like, I waved down some people and like asked on my station, and I was like, I just, I just wanted to get some wine and get out. And of course, someone was like, Oh, do you need help? And I was like, Yes, I, yes, I do. I've been waiting here for a long time, actually. I just want. I, I am of age and would like to buy a bottle of wine, but at this point, I kind of just want to go somewhere else now. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, but yeah, you're like, it's just things like that that I've noticed. Well, welcome to the so, disposable right, right. world. <laughs> I hope that we survive it. Right. Well, you guys want to talk about anything else? You well, we, well we, yes, we got one more order of business. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay, let me see if I can do this right. Uh-oh. Thank you to the Volcanica Coffee Company, the <laughs> official <laughs> coffee company of the Retrospect Podcast. We got to try right. some new coffee today. Yes. What was it, Jason? It's called Jamaica Blue Mountain Peaberry. 
It was yeah. good too because Ian dolled it up for us. What what did you make for me? Ian? <laughs> made a cortado for a you. A cortado for me, and yeah. it was heavenly. It's great. It, it, it's a good. It's not. It, it it's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed my cup of coffee uh, uh, today. Uh, we, you know, we're about almost finished with the uh the poo-poo coffee the, the poo-poo coffee mm-hmm. so this is to move on to something else right, so right. but we still have some so if next if next session you want yeah. a little taste of what you're used to i can make that happen yeah, too. yeah we'll see i mean i, I right, like right. i like this one this was really good i enjoyed this cup of coffee now we have some diversity so now if you yes. want to you want to you want to spice up I'll your have thursday to, i'll have to see what's right. next mm-hmm. uh i'll have to look at uh volcanica's uh website and Right. See what other coffees on there. You know, Ian, I may need your okay. Yeah. Some some guidance there. To will do. To, yeah, get that, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Right, I will. Okay, <laughs> that's right. Okay. All right. Awesome. Send me a link. Well, for anyone out there who has any suggestions or wants to talk to us or reach out to us, we have a Facebook page forward slash Retrospect Pod, where you can, of course, like I said, you know, send us some suggestions or just talk about things or comment on what we have to talk about. Um, or you can just type in retrospect on all the major podcasting platforms and you should be able to find us that way. Um, but anyways, until next week, thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Goodbye, everyone. God bless. You're the best. Peace. Peace.